everyone, and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast with myself, Jake Milham, and he is returning. He is back. The sovereign one, Jeremy Greco, is back from his time away. Jeremy, how are you doing today, man? Let me give you a quick uh, a bonus Royals review reviews. Ooh. COVID sucks. Don't get it. <laughs> thumbs down. Two thumbs down. Don't do yeah. it. You don't, you don't need Roger and Ebert on that one, all right? It's... Uh, <laughs> Two thumbs down every single freaking time. It just saps you. And listen, I'm still with some of the still dealing with some of the long hauler stuff, dude. It is it is no joke. So yeah, it's 2023 and COVID nineteen is still uh, is still kicking our asses out here. I I have lived the life of a hermit for three years. I'm very disappointed that I I actually caught it. I was trying so hard. I was like, I'm gonna be the one person who never catches it, and and I I was not. <laughs> Lo and behold, here you are. Well, hey, if you are holed up at like a hermit or you're just on a, what's it, what's it called? Like you, you sequester yourself away while you're positive with COVID-19, please. There's a big old backlog of articles on RoyalsReview.com that you can go check out. So please go see that. Jeremy, he has, you have a couple of really good articles up today's (laughs) recap and one that is sending Royals Twitter a buzz, your search of a new fandom amidst the season. I like how you said that's one of my better ones. And uh, one of the comments on that article was somebody saying that was the most ridiculous thing they've ever read on Royals Review, which I've written some ridiculous stuff. So that's saying something. <laughs> Honestly, the, the bar for me is still your just out of the blue Sonic the Hedgehog review. <laughs> like <Yes>. that's... <laughs> You know, sometimes, sometimes you just got to say, screw baseball. Let's talk about a movie. Correct. <laughs> Correct. But also, if if you don't want to read about stuff, please go listen to our backlog because we had a whole bunch of episodes come out in the last week. Three great just, interviews. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I appreciate that, man. We had uh, Just Baseball's Jared Perkins on to talk about the prospects, plus our very own Max Reaper on to just talk about how bad the Royals are. And then, yeah, Jeremy, you're talking about those three interviews. Got to sit down with Omaha Storm Chasers broadcaster Nicholas Batters. Uh, let's see, who else did I talk to? Oh, yeah, the Royals' uh, the Royals' very own Dave Holtzman, or otherwise known as Holtzy. He sat down and talked about his new role with the team. Plus, last but not least, Apple TV Plus broadcaster Ryan Spilbo- Spilsborg. I will get his name right at one of these times. <laughs> uh, he sat down talked about his transition from the field to the booth and how independent league baseball helped him in his career. I don't know. It was just all good conversations, Jeremy. I, I highly encourage folks to go check those out, but let's go ahead. And that is all in the past. Let's look at the future. Well, or, well, we do have to unfortunately look back a little bit, Jeremy, because man, this was an absolutely brutal week of Royals baseball. I don't, I don't even think that brutal is the correct word. Like I need to, I saw Craig, Craig Brown of, I forget what, what's his Substack name. Oh, uh, into the fountains. That's the one. Yeah. Craig Brown of into the fountains. He was, uh, he pulled up like, uh, the, the source page for bad. And he was checking through, through the ones that he's already used. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I need Hashtag content, baby. Yep. You better believe it. Listen, it is, I don't know. I just, 
I was just sick to my stomach listening to today's game against the Orioles. And it capped off a zero win, six loss road trip down to Miami and up to Baltimore. The Royals were outscored on the trip 41 to 14. Perfect inverse. You got to love it. And then plus the pitching, whether it be the starters or the relievers, they allowed six plus runs in all but one game on the trip. And just the the cherry on top of all of it, Ryan O'Hearn himself got on base <laughs> five times today, three for three with a home run and did, two walks. <laughs> did not make an out the entire series. Nope, sure didn't, which is crazy. Like that man came with receipts and revenge against the Royals, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Oh, it, but it's it's just bad, Jeremy. Like I'm looking at these, and I will, I, I will say this: we're, we're talking about the the pitching woes and things like that. I think the batting has been worse on like a league scale, on a league curve. I think the batting has been worse this month so far than yeah. the pitching has been. You know, because the the pitching's kind of in that bottom like ten range or things like that, but the batting. Goodness gracious, it is just horrendous. Here I'm pulling up some I got the good old fan graphs here loaded up. Let's see, third worst weighted runs created plus at 59 as oh a team. My gosh. As an entire Whoa. team. I knew they were bad, but come on. Yeah, no doubt. Um the as a whole, the lineup is negative 0.5 war. Just going back to June first, it is. Let's see. Hold on. I, I gotta. I gotta see where this ISO ranks because this, this is, is so suddenly. Bad. Suddenly, the uh, the the Roman gladiator mask makes sense because the team is Oof. brutal. So now they're all Brutus. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, they just they just want to hide their faces, man. They don't. Uh, they don't want to be seen. <laughs> But no, it's there's like no there's no bright spot to to talk about with this with this week, honestly, man. It's uh it's it's the, just all bad. <laughs> the one bright spot really that they've had this season has been Vinny Pasquantino. Yeah. And and he's he's had a couple of <laughs> some streaks, some bad streaks in there, but overall he's been good. But then uh goes on the IL Friday night with what was it? Shoulder instability? Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, I. No bueno. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but that does not. That <laughs> sounds bad. Like, yeah. like, tell me, like, give me some medical terms like tendonitis or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you start talking about it's instable. What, what does it mean that his shoulder is instable? What? And this is the second time he's gone on the injured list for this injury. He went on it last year, too. Yep. And apparently this is just something he's probably going to have to deal with in his career. And and if your best hitter just like is just his front shoulder just stops working sometimes or whatever <laughs> is going on. That seems bad. Like we were like, oh, yeah, let's get Vinny Pasquantino signed up to a long term deal. Maybe maybe. We don't want to do that if, if his shoulder can't be relied upon at all. Maybe it does. It really is going to depend on like how bad this is because he did talk to the media a little bit after he got thrown on the IL. And he said that it was basically the same thing 
as it was last year. So like you said, A, that's, you know, continuity and injury, which is never good. It's the same joint, same issue. But also remember that issue last year, like that IL stint was pushing a month. Yeah, it was it was at least three weeks, if I recall correctly. And so you're you're absolutely right, Jeremy. Like if you look at the if you look at the long term each season so far, he's landed on the IL with this injury. And so if he does end up injured and out for three weeks again this time, are you really going to look at that player and go, okay, so for every year we can expect Vinny to be out for almost a month at any given time? And, and you can even look at it as not twice in two years, but as twice in a 162-game span. That's he's, true. He's had to deal with it. That's what really concerns me. Is not even It's not even the second time in two years. Last year it was after the All-Star break. This year it's before the All-Star break. That is, it just keeps coming back. Yeah, that that is a great point. And I am looking forward to, you know, they said that they were going to take an MRI, get a get a better answer for everyone once they get back to Kansas City. I understand that they don't have all the facilities and the and the people that they want to check stuff out on the road. But man, you're you're right. Just that instability word. Like that, that makes me unstable. <laughs> I, when I think and again, I am not a doctor. I am I am not speaking from a medical perspective. I'm speaking mm-hmm. from a fan perspective. But when I hear the word instability, I think long-term, potentially career-ending. Like, your shoulder's not stable. You can't play. And yes. it f- feels like the kind of thing that could just get worse the more he plays. Mm-hmm. And, and again... Not speaking from a medical perspective, the Royals don't seem to be as concerned as I am. So true. Take, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, but also, <laughs> like, I am very concerned right now. Yeah. And you know what? We're just going to have to wait and see because I ain't going to speculate on it. Um, Vinny, like, he seemed a little resigned to it, but he didn't seem like scared or anything like that like when when i got told that i tore my meniscus like i was i was scared sure and so just i don't know he he at least presented himself in professional manner that suggests it's just some wear and tear it's not going to be anything crazy but yeah we'll have to keep they will have to keep this in mind when they want to look at locking him up long term because unless he wants to go under the knife to address whatever's going on if then it's just an option. A, yeah, that's true. Because you know what? There's all sorts of reasons for injuries out there. It's not just the normal non-contact. You know, your your joint bends a funny way. Sometimes it's just genetics. Yep. And it could be everything under, under the sun causing that. But like we said, Jeremy, he's on the 10-day IL right now. Um, that's a little bit more comforting than the 15-day IL and especially better than the 60-day IL. We'll have to... We'll have to monitor that as that goes along, but I don't know. I'm like, like I said, I'm a little concerned. I'm trying not to let my, uh, let my head wander on that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's probably the more reasonable reaction than me noted non overreactor. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, that's just kind of where we are right now. Yeah. And that's, you know what, you you were talking about how 
Vinny Pasquantino is kind of like the offensive bright spot of this year. And I really just, you know, just listening to the fans on social media and reading things like any shred of optimism for this season kind of died, it seems, with Vinny landing on the IL. And that's that's not even after a serious injury. To be to be a completely honest, I feel like the Royals have been fairly lucky with injuries this year. I think you can, you know, the the Chris Bubich injury. Yes, yes, yes. Minus your your lover. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not you should be not so saying anything about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, minus Chris Bubich, which I. I don't know, man. I would love to see like the per team average for injuries like that, at least on like a season ending level, because I feel like there's about one or two pitchers every year for any given team that will have a season ending injury. So that's who Chris Bubich was for me. Go ahead. You ready for my my transition? Yes. Based on the injury. All right. So during the game today, they're talking about. They're talking about how the Orioles are doing really good. It's great for them. Cool. By the way, Orioles, Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, first round, second round picks in the same draft Bobby went, went in. Would, I would trade Bobby Witt for either of them right now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and, or, and it's like, well, you know, prospects are hard to do, but the Orioles are just like, yeah, whatever. We'll just go grab these two guys and turn them into studs. It'll be fine. Anyway, so they're talking about on the, the TV broadcast today, they're talking about how the Orioles have not been injured all that much this year. They, they've yeah. had the fewest days lost to injury on the roster. Um, so, you know, that's pretty good. That is certainly helped the 2014 and 2015 Royals, as I as I have written about extensively in the past. Um, then they kind of went on a little tangent where they kind of sort of implied that uh, that the Royals wouldn't be so bad if they just weren't dealing with so many injuries. They just have so many injuries. What? That, yeah, it's just, oh, man, there's just so many guys who are hurt right now, and if they just could get everybody healthy and on the field, maybe maybe the team wouldn't be so bad. And and I just got to tell you, I don't think the injuries are the, the reason the Royals are this bad. No, no, not at all. Don't think that's it, guys. It was it was a bad day, uh, as I wrote in the recap. It was a bad, bad day. I'm sorry, I'm kind of like taking over and no, please do. Around today. <laughs> it, it was a bad day for the bro- Royals broadcast team, the TV broadcast team. I don't know what the radio was doing. I know the radio yesterday gave me the gem of the. It was they they talked about the amazing and they can't remember the word they used, but it was like really exciting matchup between first round pick Brady Singer and Adley Rutschman. And I'm like, yeah, you're talking about them both being first round picks because one of them is playing really well and yeah. the other is not. Yeah. And then the TV broadcast today gave us that injury bit. They gave us Rex Hudler having a dream last night that uh, they had a rotation of Brady Singer, Jackson Kowar, Daniel Lynch, Chris Bubich, and they were all healthy, and they were all good, and they were leading the team to the playoffs, and that can happen. It can happen oh, anytime no. now. They can get healthy, and they can they can figure things out and put it together and get, get the losing ways behind them and become good. Yeah, it'll happen any day now. Any day now, Jacob. What? Are you and serious? Then, yes. 
Um, but I, I'll forgive Rex that most of the time because that's just who Rex is. Yeah. He's always trying to hype you up. Great. Cool. Ryan was on another level because now he was the one that gave us the injury bit. He also gave us, uh, he he just comes up with these Bobby Witt stats. They're just like, he's got an 11 game hitting streak against the Orioles. Like, thanks, thanks, Ryan. Very helpful. That that tells me a lot. You know, uh, Bobby Witt Jr., and I know he's not the one coming up with these stats, and I don't know if he has to deliver these stats when they're given to him, but the way he delivers them is just like, he got uh, Bobby Witt Jr. is the first Royals player to reach 20 stolen bases and 10 home runs by some arbitrary game standpoint uh, since Bo Jackson. I don't remember what the game standpoint was. Like, great, cool. That doesn't mean anything. You're cherry picking <laughs> so hard right now. Oh, I was just driving me nuts. And then finally, <sighs> the one that drove me the craziest, even though it might not might not have been the worst. It, 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 I kind of you could go in any direction really as to which of the remarks was the most offensive. But he yeah. went after the guy who does the bird bath yeah, in the Baltimore out Baltimore Orioles outfield. He just yeah. went after his outfit so hard. Oh like, my gosh. And I'm like, dude, it is a costume because they're out there having fun. Because they're yeah. winning baseball games right now and they're coming up with celebrations because that's what teams that are winning do and he's like yeah he's it's a grown man wearing a pink flamingo floaty yeah because it's a costume my friend like yeah and he's wow. got awful orange shorts if i saw him on the street i would call I, I can't remember if he said the police or the ambulance i'm just like dude like that's not it that's not where we need to be right now <laughs> that's not we it. don't need to criticize the, the the team, our team is bad. All you can find to complain about with the other team is that their guy wears orange shorts out there while he's spraying <laughs> the fans down with a hose, every extra base hit, of which there were plenty today. Yeah, there was. Golly, that was such a bad exclamation point on that, on this road trip, man. And I'm really, so I, if I would have gone back in time like two months ago and said, <laughs> Jacob, you will be glad that you did not take th- <laughs> take a weekend and actually drive up to Baltimore to go see your Royals play. Because I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm down here in Virginia. They're a three-hour drive away. I really, like today, I could have woken up, drove up there, caught a game, got back here this evening. I'm glad that I didn't do that because I would have been so embarrassed. Like, that was an embarrassing loss today. I still think. Have you ever been to Camden Yards? Yeah, yeah, several okay. times. Well, then, 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 never mind. But I was gonna say you got to go to Camden Yards if you're that close. Oh, yeah. You got to go beautiful. at least once. It's a great ballpark. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Like I and, love. And I gotta be honest. I would love to sit in the bird path. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be. I did. Um, what was it? I like how their bullpens are set up. Mm-hmm. Because I remember for so when I went last year, it was a doubleheader. I think like they were having their Mother's Day promotion or something like that and ended up being a doubleheader because there was rain that weekend. And so for like the first game, I remember I my poor wife, I abandoned her at the seats and oh, I went no. and, I went and stood her on the railing around the um, around the bullpen. Because there's a whole and like I was just silent, but there's a whole bunch of people chirping at not at the pitchers, but at Cal Eldred, who was like back there for <laughs> for a little bit of the first game. Wow. Like, even even Orioles fans don't like him. They knew how bad he was. I mean, he pitched for them, didn't he? 
Um, you know what? I honestly could not tell you, but I'm not a. I'm not going to go back and look up Cal Eldred's playing career because it was that forgettable. But it really was. yeah, listen, it's um. He did not so, pitch for Baltimore. I'm sorry. He did not pitch for Baltimore, Milwaukee, <laughs> Chicago White Sox, and St. Louis. There you go. Um, listen, I'm gonna. I'll go ahead and endorse friend of the podcast, Alex Duvall, better known as Royals Farm Report. He has been he's been doing this weekly like Twitter live space on um for me it's like at 1230 or it's at 12 on a Sunday. It's kind of it kind of times up really well with the afternoon game. You roll right into his space. And today he had Josh Kaiser on and it was Josh is really known as kind of the optimist of all the Royals, I guess, content creators out there, whether it be writers, podcasters, anything in between. But it's like even the two of them are having a really hard time finding something positive with this stretch of Royals baseball. It's and I feel like everyone's kind of ran the tread out of the narrative about Bobby having unlucky hitting. Like I get it. His, his initial stats aren't looking very good, but you do have to look at his expected numbers because we had the same thing with Vinny earlier, earlier this year. Remember like he had the, he was leading so many categories in an expected like batting average and expected on base average and things like that. Right now, Bobby Wood Jr.'s undergoing the same thing. This is just a stretch, in my opinion. But I I don't know, Jeremy. Like, I'm I'm still racking my brain because I don't want this to be a full-on negative, like blowout podcast every single week. But it's it is frankly just getting hard right now. This I, I've been covering the team for Royals Review since the middle of 2016, so maybe you can blame me for all <laughs> the problems they had. Uh, but um, this is absolutely the most frustrating it has been for me to cover this team. Mm. Uh, I was telling you before we started recording this podcast that uh, until Ryan just absolutely just – I I don't know what phrase I want to use here because I'm not going to use the one that comes to mind. <laughs> um, he just was bad. Before Ryan was so bad during today's broadcast, my plan was to write my recap as like as a, a, a talk about how the re- writing the recaps has been one of the most fun things for me as a Royals writer because there's always something, you know, there's you almost always something positive to take from a game. Yeah. Um, or at least there has been until this year. Mm-hmm. This yep. year, I there have just been they don't hit, they don't pitch. The starters can't go. the The relievers are bad. There's just nothing. <laughs> yeah. There is nothing to celebrate with this team except perhaps Salvador Perez, and yeah. and it's hard to celebrate one hitter when nobody is hitting around him because he uh, he can't drive he can't drive in himself a hundred times yep that's um, the that's the issue it's just it's it's they're they're not just bad they're boring they're they're abysmal they're just there's nothing there are no silver linings to these clouds yeah and it was 
maybe maybe my mentality shifted on this like once once hunter was gone um i'm not and i'm not saying i I miss hunter dozier being in kansas city it's not what i'm saying at all but i remember last year you know fans we we all kind of like got together on the okay Vinny pasquantino man you heard of this kid he's doing great he's ready to be called up we all like clamored around that then you know after that it was dayton moore needs to go cal elder needs to go and then after that, it was Hunter Dozier needs to go. Okay, so all of those moves have happened. There's no, like, rallying point for the fan base right now. Yeah, and absolutely. you know what? It's a great and, point. And I don't know, you know what? I don't know if that's to blame for the – or hold on, let me say this. There's no somewhat positive rallying point. There's plenty of negative ones. There's there's nothing that this team could do today that would increase their chance, nothing within reason, that would increase their chances of winning tomorrow. And that is that is frustrating. I think that if the Oakland situation was going a little smoother, I think more people would be talking about how bad the situation is in Kansas City. Because my ultimate fear, and I know it's not likely, I I admit that, but there are some, what's the word? There are some stepping stones that I could see the Royal situation kind of looking like the Oakland A's. Okay, because remember, they had those playoff berths and then they just started shipping people out. Okay, so if I if I see this team start trading away some of the guys that we wanted to be the foundational pieces, like Brady Singer, like Vinny Pasquantino, I'm I'm sorry, but I don't even think Bobby Wood Jr. should be untouchable right now. You have to get a good return for him, but he ain't he ain't the franchise guy that we that we were hoping for. That's what Oakland did. They started just not re-signing guys. Um, because they had some, they had some dogs. Like they had Matt Olson, Liam Hendricks, um, Doolittle, like just guys like that come to mind. And what happened was they stripped the team down to bare bones, and they said, "Oh well, we suck. Our stadium sucks. Let's move elsewhere." And you know what? It's it's just down a couple of states. Nashville has a really good, and I I read yeah. this piece. I read this piece on the Athletic. Hear me out. Hear me out, man. They have a really good commission in place for bringing a baseball team to Nashville. And so I'm not I'm not saying it is going to happen, but there is a plausible doomsday scenario that we see the Royals leave Kansas City, and I'm. I don't know. I'm I'm seeing it now, man. I okay. Here's what I'll tell you right now. All right. The Royals will not move out of Kansas City until or unless they have traded Salvador Perez. If they okay. trade Salvador Perez, I will start to believe that there is a possibility, not a probability, but a possibility that they could move out of Kansas City, but not until then. And okay. I don't think they're going to trade Salvador Perez. I, so I, don't, I don't think, think they will either. Okay. I think they're going to 
put up the stadium vote. I think they're going to get the vote. I think they're going to move downtown. And and I don't know what will happen from there, but I think that's I think that's the direction the team's headed. I do not think they're headed for Nashville. For some positives, some silver linings, if they are yeah. if they are there, if we want to imagine some silver linings, this team is still very young. I think that you want to look at the Oakland Athletics, and I understand that. Yeah, it's it's a reasonable direction to look. I'm looking at the Baltimore Orioles, and okay. and, and this is a little pie in the sky, a little dreaming, but it wouldn't take that much for Bobby Witt Jr. to flip a switch and become the superstar that they've been hoping he would be. I complain because they come up with all these stupid stats, but he's as you pointed out, he's not been bad he just hasn't been as good as we wanted him to be and he's still very young 24 he has not not yet hit his prime no so he could become good he could become very good we could see there's you know um the orioles every team has has guys that kind of come out of nowhere to become very good except for the royals it feels like the royals (laughs) never have that guy right yeah. Got to happen eventually. Um, you talk about Royals Farm Report. I love Royals Farm Report. I love Alex for uh, for what they can tell us about uh, the minor league system. And yeah, I've, I've been hearing good things about what's happening in A-ball right now. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the, the future is not bright, but the distant future – might not be as dark as it is right now. There might be hope someday. This doesn't have to end with an Oakland Athletics scenario where they get out of town. It could be like, they're awful, they're awful. Oh, dang, everybody finally did figure it out. Rex's dream came true. Yeah. And, and, and things could turn around. It's not outside of the realm of possibility. Is it likely? No. Uh, obviously not. But we've it, it's the sort of thing i mean I, we're also seeing that i think with the cincinnati reds right now where they've got uh you know they're they don't have a winning record but they look a lot better than the royals do yeah they do and, and they got a guy ellie Dela uh, ellie de la cruz that's his name yep, i think that's his name nowhere and, and and has been very good for them early on and you know maybe that doesn't last i don't know but uh here's hoping and and well here's hoping for him just because you know hope for success but here's hoping the royals can find something like that too somebody can come out of nowhere like a whit merrifield only better yeah that's true but i mean there have been some players that have come out of nowhere i mean honestly this time i think it was this time last year michael garcia was in double a ball and he was kind of projected to be a, a glove first contact only sort of guy now here we are in 2023 and i i can't believe i'm saying this jeremy but according to baseball reference he's leading the royals in wins above replacement with one michael garcia a guy who made his not his debut excuse me who is now a full-time player but wasn't on the opening day roster it's I'm trying to think the the Carlos Hernandez stuff. You know, I, I understand he didn't have a great outing today, but on as a whole, he has been looking better 
he's looking that he could be a bullpen arm of the future. There are some players that have emerged, just not the ones that are on the transcendent level. That like the Reds, we we talked about the Reds who are coming to Kaufman this week. It's going to be a really fun series. I'm looking forward to it. But they have like before Ellie, I think they had about three or four serious contenders for National League Rookie of the Year. Like they they are not just young. They are good. They're very good. They're better than their record shows. And I think that they will bully other teams in a National League Central that is not looking very strong right now. But, Jeremy, you were saying something. I just want to say that um, the Royals have a lot, a lot of guys at the AAA level that project as utility players. Michael yeah. Garcia, um, uh, who's that second baseman who everybody wants promoted now? That's the- Oh, Samad Taylor. Samad Taylor. Um, Austin Cox has actually pitched – fairly well in a yeah. couple of outings. Um, he hasn't been great in the minors, but he's been he's been decent in the big leagues. Um, Jackson Kowar uh, looked good and then very much did not. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, but all it takes is for one or two of these guys to to be like, listen, you or uh, Brewer Hicklin's another one that comes to mind uh, as a utility, is projected as a utility guy. All it takes is for one or two of these guys well, probably more like two or three, um, <laughs> to 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 be like, listen, I'm not a utility guy. I'm a major league starter. Put me on the roster, and suddenly everything looks very different than it does right now. And it's, I think, it's going to be painful. Yeah. And I think it's only a matter of time before, eventually, that works. It's got it's got to happen eventually. Ryan O'Hearn, we can't have Ryan O'Hearns come up and be awful for five years and then be go great for the as soon as they leave the team, just every time, yeah. right? That can't happen every time, right? <laughs> right? Oh, but no, it's and listen, it's been like that with with some of the batters who have left Kansas City. It's been like that with some of these relief arms. And we, we've talked about that previously, and most of those guys are still going strong. Just it, like you said, it's going to be painful because, and this is something that I always underestimate, and I do have to remind myself. So, at the, I always take this into consideration at the NFL level. Whenever you have a leadership change or a coaching change, there is a style change, there is a different way that they want to run things. And right now, there is a different manager, pitching coach, and and general manager as well, but they still have to utilize the personnel that the previous regime bought into, invested in, and maybe maybe that's playing into it. I don't know. What do you think, Jeremy? Uh, you know, we talk we talk a lot in, during the off season about how analytics might help improve the players that they had. But another way analytics helps the team is in choosing the players who will join your team, Uh, whether that's through the draft, whether that's through free agency. Uh, Now, obviously their free agency uh, picks this last off season. We're not great. No, Um, but you know, we, we live, we learn, we move on. Um, So I I think that's a good point. Um, I know that our buddy, Greg, not Craig uh, (laughs) was, was telling us, uh, you know that don't expect too much too fast. This is going to be kind of a slow process, and I, that could be true at the minor league level too. A lot of these guys are probably 
making some drastic changes uh, so. that analytics are, are offering up to them. And and so we're going to have to wait to see that kind of play out. Uh, we're going to have to wait to see it play out in, in player acquisition. Um, and hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, it's something is, is going to give. Yeah. Uh, like, like we were talking about, we've had all these guys come in and and they weren't good they weren't good they weren't good and then as soon as they leave they're good or you know none of them turned into superstars i don't think but you know jorge lopez ryan o'hearn brent rooker jacob junis these guys all left and and became made something of themselves made a major league career for themselves when it looked like they didn't have one um and so that tells you that there there's you know there's an internal coaching process that needed to be fixed, but there's also a player acquisition process that needed to be fixed. And, and it's going to take probably both ends of that. Some of these guys that are on this team will be better with better coaching with more access to the information. Some of them are not, Uh, you know, uh, Nicky Lopez is is, no matter how many analytics you give Nicky Lopez, he's not going to start hitting 10 home runs a year. No, and without the 10 home runs a year, he's, he's not a starter. Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of what you have to realize is, is like, yeah, we love Nikki. He's great. He's, he's a utility guy at best. Yep. And, um, I will also say I saw on a uh, Royals farm report, apparently this is the Royals farm report. <laughs> episode, um, he talked about how, uh, he, he thought the Gavin cross, uh, draft pick might have been the nail in Dayton Morse coffin because really? there, it looked like there was some some connections between Cross and Moore. Oh. Uh, and I, I don't know anything about that. You'd have to go ask him, go read his tweets. Yeah. I don't know. I just saw I saw that kind of out of the corner of my eye right before we were starting to record here. So uh, it was not the first time that Dayton Moore has kind of been uh, accused or implied to have made choices based on his connections to people rather than scouting reports or, or, you know, the things that you generally expect a general manager to make decisions based on. Um, So if that's the case, you know, that it's as, if it's as bad as it, as the rumors would have it. And if there's that many rumors, you you can almost imagine it might be worse. um, Then, there's a lot that needs to be cleaned up in this organization. Like you were saying, as far as guys, the, the previous regimes, guys, like mm-hmm. we, there's a lot of guys that are going to have to go if that's how things have been done. And yeah. it's, it's going to take time because you can't just cut the entire double a roster. Correct. <laughs> well, Jorge Bonfacio, he, he can go at any time. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about uh, Dyron Blanco. Is that his name? Yeah, with the thirty-year-old outfielder leading all of minor leagues in stolen bases. Great, he's leading all the minor leagues in stolen bases. He's thirty. He's not going correct. to correct team. Correct. And if listen, there's been there's been enough injuries at the major league level that if the Royals truly wanted to call him up and they saw value in him in a Royals uniform, they would have called him up. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I talked to Jared about, about this a little bit, you know, Dyron, he had a, he had a lot of setbacks in his career, things like that. Like right now, according to his stats is like, he is peaking right now. So he is a couple of years behind the curve, but he's not, he's not going to be a building block. Like, come, come on folks. He's going it, to, it's going to be fun to watch. Okay. 
what was like i'm sorry i i missed the days where we thought ryan mcbroom was gonna be like the next big thing just because he did well at omaha i i don't know man it's the days where we thought ryan o'hearn was gonna be the next big thing that's true man long time ago hey i'm i'm wrapping up a couple of things that we were talking about before you're talking about the age of these batters this is the fifth youngest lineup yeah in in royals history on average averaging out to 26.7 years old the youngest since none other than the 2012 crew that was 26.1 years old on average got very good very quickly kind of out of nowhere correct that is correct also another random thing so have you seen the uh the pythagorean win loss percentage have you seen that last time i checked they were three under that so right now the current win loss percentage is 28 percent we we know that their pythag jumps up to 35 percent just off of that is a huge difference yeah huge huge jump i would have to like go and look that is off the top of my head that's the biggest difference i can remember ever hearing about and that's a half season pythag difference not a full season no and i'm just looking over this real quick that should be the biggest like difference in royals history at least but even that pythag is gonna be the worst the worst win-loss percentage in royals history that's that's the thing about this team it's like and this is what we've been saying for two months for two and a half months is man they are really unlucky but even if they weren't they would still be bad yeah yeah that's that's probably the last scrap that we're all holding on to is well at least they're unlucky i guess the my the only thing i i want to say to that is if they were only as bad as they should be then at least we could find the silver linings that I was talking about that I was able to That's find true. in 2020, 2021, 2022, when they had awful teams. I was still mm-hmm. able to find guys and be like, hey, this guy was pl- had a good day. This guy had a good day. This guy's having a good week. You know, those things were out there. And right now they're just so bad and so unlucky that those things are not there. Correct. Correct. Hey, what, one more question before we get on to our reviews for today. Um, so I'm looking at the overall Royals career wins above replacement leaderboards. Salvador Perez is currently in ninth with 33.2. The next person at eighth is none other than Alex Gordon at 34.4 wins above replacement. Do you think that Sal will pass Alex Gordon this season? Yes or no? No, no you don't think so? Next year. Next year? If he's here, of course. I'm kidding. Gosh. I'm kidding. Okay, let me, you know what, Jeremy, this has kind of been a little like teetering on and off the rails episode for us. So I'm just going to go ahead and completely derail it. Yeah. I, as, as much reading and as much as like, okay, like these are, these are kind of the national guys that I like. I've really liked Ken Rosenthal overall. I feel like that he has a good insight. Um, I feel like he got done dirty when he left MLB network, but he is over at the athletic right now. But I will say it was so clickbaity of him in his 
in his trade article about like, oh, well, the Royals want to pair a player with a role as Chapman. So, you know what? That could be Salvador Perez, a source says. Like, come like, come on, man. They just, uh, I, hmm. You don't name a guy a captain and then trade him the same season. You just don't. I understand, like, like you said, possibility, not probability. OK, I I think there is a possibility it happens, but I'm not bank, I'm not banking on it to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. The, you, the you money talk, isn't there. You talk about people question whether John Sherman knows what the heck he's doing. If John Sherman lets Salvador Perez be named captain, has this whole ceremony where Mike Sweeney gives him the C and blah, 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 blah. And then you trade him that same year. Ooh, yeah. The questions. All the questions. Oh, my gosh. That, that's why I'm like, yeah, if that happens, then I might believe they could possibly <laughs> move. Like, because now i got a lot of questions about what's happening in this organization. Like, Very we're, true. We're to, that would be to the levels of dysfunction where we're just not having team photos because no one wants to remember this team. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was that was the mid-aughts right before Jamie Moore got here. I read one of Sam Mellinger's favorite things to talk about when he talks about how dysfunctional those teams were. Was there a year – there was a year they just did not take a team photo because no one wants to remember this team anyway, and it saved a little money. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, we're, we're not – believe it or not, things are pretty bleak, but we're not at that point yet. They're – I, no, that's I what I keep telling people is like, this is bad. It could be worse. It could. It can't always be worse. That is that is the saying to live by. All right, listen, Jeremy, we've uh, we've been rambling rambling along. Let's see if I could talk rambling along for long enough. Jeremy, I know you've got you've had a lot of time to take in some entertainment. <laughs> um, I know there's a lot of video game news out there for you right now, but do you have a review for us this week? I do. I'm going to go ahead and give you Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Okay. Uh, so the first season is currently on Paramount Plus. The second season starts airing on the 15th. So nice. just in four short days. Um, I did not, I was not a fan of the series. I watched the first two episodes. I, I was like, nope, not for me. I'm, I, I consider myself a Trekkie, but this is, this is not doing it. Um, part of the problem for me is that I grew up with the original series. Mm. And so then you go to the strange new worlds and, oh, it's, this is the enterprise before Kirk took over, but by golly, it looks newer than the one he left with. <laughs> um and, and stuff like that and then like the, the like one of the things there's an emergency transporter in sick bay and i'm like but they don't they didn't ever mention that in the original series <laughs> yeah did they remove that what did they what what's going on there so i was a little bit nit nitpicky i was a little uh but uh you know i was like okay so i got this covid i gotta do something <laughs> i occupy my brain i don't want to I was a little bit leery of watching shows that I really cared about because I didn't want to associate shows I cared about with feeling awful. That's fair. Um, Cause I've done that before. It's not a great idea. <laughs> so I was like, I, you know what? Let's try strange new worlds again. I've heard good things about it. Um, I know they're doing a crossover with lower decks, which I love um, in their next season. So let's, let's try strange new worlds again. And you know what? It turns out, that once I turned off the part of my brain that cared about the random nonsense about the technology, which let's be clear, 
does not matter. It's just it's the <laughs> framing device for the series. It's fine. Right. It's it's nitpicky. I can be a nitpicky person, but I try to do better. Um, so once I turned off the part of my brain that cared about that, which was really easy to do, because turning off parts of my brain when you have COVID is just like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> that sounds um, nice. I was able to really enjoy the show. Um, the, the I still think the pilot episode is really weak, so I might just skip that one. Um, but episodes two through ten are all very good. Um, and, and they even took time. One of the things that I loved about Star Trek back in the day is that it would occasionally is allow itself to be silly. Um, not everything had to be life ending universe altering. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's just like, man, the aliens took over and they made us act weird. <laughs> they didn't make us kill each other. They just made us weird. Now we're awkward and like embarrassed. Um, and, and there's an episode or two like that in, in strange new worlds, which I, I always, I like because it gives you a different perspective on the crew. It makes you makes them feel more like you you know who they are and you understand yeah. them better. So uh, if you are a Trekkie, go ahead and check out Strange New Worlds. I have said enough. There you go. There you go. Well, hey, I'll um I'll follow up with another review of a TV show. And unfortunately, I'm uh, I'm very late to the party on this, but I am watching through Justified um, right now. The old FX show with I think his name is. Oliphant, Tim- Timothy, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, that's the one. Um, I saw that they were doing like they're doing a spinoff where they take him up to Detroit. I was just like, you know what? I I started watching that show a long time ago. Maybe I should try it again. And honestly, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. It it's one of those things like it is what it is. I'm only in season two, so maybe maybe I'm missing out on like oh well, this is when it gets bad. <laughs> I, I'm hoping I don't hit that, but. I am enjoying it so far. It's a good, like, I'm finding more and more. Like, now I understand why people sometimes gravitate towards shows that, like, are plausible in a sense. Like, that could happen or could be happening at any given time. Um, I don't know. It's There's a strange, like, comfort in it. Now, Now, do I think that there are families in west virginia or kentucky wherever the heck it is that like kill each other and run hundreds of thousands of acres of weed no i I don't think that (laughs) but if only uh, if i know right (laughs) sounds like a good time in a sense anyways no i'm I'm enjoying justified so far i will i will update everyone if i if that opinion changes but I'm really hoping it doesn't. Also, I do. I don't know if I've seen Timothy Oliphant in anything else. Like he just has one of those faces I, that you have. You you definitely have. I he's been in a bunch of stuff. Have I you really? Tell you a single thing he's been in right now. <laughs> I know, right? But I know he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's been in stuff. He's been in enough stuff that I've seen gags done about Timothy Oliphant. Really? Like, his, his name is is a name that people That's- know. Because <laughs> he's done he, things. People uh, this is, know I'm his being, name. I'm being extremely helpful right now, I know. Yes, yes, you are. You're you're doing great. Oh, well, you know what? What um I forgot he was in the book of Boba Fett this this past year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's where I was remembering him from. He was the Sheriff Cobb, right? Yep. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Twitter feed is very thirsty for Sheriff Cobb. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then I did forget he was I did enjoy him in Deadwood. Of course, I go. was. That was a very good show. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, we will see how it goes. I'm not. Um, 
I'm really hoping it doesn't get bad. There's there's a there's a commonality I think between our two shows, in okay. that Timothy Oliphant and uh, the guy who plays Christopher Pike. I cannot remember his name. Uh, they both have beautiful gray hair. Really beautiful, and they just style it in that way that's like straight up. Oh, it's it's gorgeous. Who is the author? Oh yeah, yep. I know. I know. I know. You're talking about now. Who is that freaking actor? Sorry, so many people have played him. Is it, is it Sean Kenny who does? No, no, that's the old one. Anson that's, Mount. What'd you say? Anson Mount, who plays Pike in Strange New Worlds. But you are right. They do have the like. I don't know. He he does it better on Star Trek. Like he's got the big old like poof, oh, yeah. and then it's, it's silver. It's every episode. It's a little bit different. So it's like that's the first thing I look for is how high how high is Pike's hair today? Oh my how gosh. straight up did he manage to get it? Oh my goodness, that's six inches tall. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> oh that's, man, uh, I was talking about. I was talking to a friend about the show, and I was like, you know. Uh, the real secret. I was talking about how everybody kind of has a deep dark secret, which is one thing I'm not too keen about. Like, let people just be people. Sometimes not everybody yeah. needs to have a deep dark secret. But the real deep dark secret of the show is what kind of alien gel is 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 Christopher Pike putting in his hair that it just <laughs> goes straight up and it doesn't doesn't get must doesn't fall no matter what happens looks great all the time. <laughs> Hey, he he's got something. Yeah, you're probably right. He does have a deep dark secret. It's he's got something. something illegal from the Romulans. I don't know. Something. Listen, listen. Let's go ahead and get out of here, Jeremy. The, our <laughs> listeners got got stuff to do other than talk. Here's <laughs> talk about alien hair gel and crap. Oh, listen. If you want more of this nonsense, you can go follow Jeremy on Twitter at Hakias. You can also read his stuff on RoyalsReview.com. You you got to scroll back a little bit for some of the off season nonsense, but trust me, it's a uh, it's there. It's oh, there. We're, get, we're getting to where I'm going to have to start writing in season uh, nonsense. Just heck just, yeah, just, just hang on. Let's go, let's go. If if you want to listen to myself, try to take myself a little too seriously on Twitter, you can go follow me <laughs> at Jacob Milham Casey. But if you want a perfect blending of the two, go follow the podcast at Royal Rundown Pod on Twitter and Jeremy. Do you have any cherry on top for our listeners out there? I I just hope that when I grow up, I can have a head of hair like Anson Mount. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. My cherry on top. Just remember, Ryan O'Hearn hit a home run today. All right. <laughs> and let's get on out of here. Thank you, everyone out there, for your support. Thank you for listening to us and our nonsense. And until next time, go Royals. <laughs>